Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. I've spent my life trying to build something here. Growing up a non-white, non-straight girl in Blue Springs, Nebraska. I wouldn't wish to excite your anticipation. I never asked to be made! Exactly the, hero I to be. the theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by Ars Soner, available on the Free Music Archive. My name is Kylie, and here with me are Gretchen. Hello. And Julia. Hi, everyone. And hopefully you got this from the introduction a little bit, but this is a general fandom geeky media podcast talking about tropes, uh, news, TV shows we really just saw an episode of it or into whatever this takes us to Mm -hmm. we're hoping to start off each episode with a breaking news segment so in that vein the first order of business is this podcast it's brand new (laughs) look at that it's so shiny Mm -hmm. it's definitely newsworthy also newsworthy we have another podcast (laughs) gretchen is on it yay (laughs) it is gretchen along with uh the editor-in-chief of our site. Oh, yeah, our site. Hi. We all write for... <laughs> we all write for thefandamentals.com, for the fundamentals of fandom. Whoops. And our editor-in-chief hosts the second podcast with Gretchen and uh, Elizabeth called Ladies First, which is about the femslash fandom in particular. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's awesome. In particular, just a follow of ours. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what else is news? We have a third podcast! (laughs) (laughs) That's right. This one has actually been going for a while. It's called Mm -hmm. Unabashed Book Snobbery. But uh, let's just, you know, call out the elephant. We're kind of known a lot for our Game of Thrones coverage around here. And we didn't really want to pollute this feed with too much Game of Thrones news or whatever it is, because... You could just keep going and going with it. So mm-hmm. Unabashed Book Snobbery is just me and Julia, but we are going to probably bring on guests at some point. Yeah. And we we contain all our opinions on Game of Thrones, the show, and A Song of Ice and Fire, the books, there. Yes. Where it will stay. <laughs> also, another piece of news, we are going to have a fourth podcast coming out. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly when hopefully this month maybe next month it's going to be comic focused yes called fanfinity or might be fanfinites but i think it's fanfinity well i'm Uh, excited that we're going to be a four podcast platform i am too and as someone who just started reading comics Mm -hmm. it's not that hard the numbers go in order i just learned this and they're short they're really short actually that was not a good thing for me to find out because i got to bombshells uh 75 and i was like what the hell this is it (laughs) But uh You eat, you so, read seventy five issues since we last spoke about this topic? Um that's just bombshells. I've read everything on Kate Kane since her reintroduction and elegy. It's really not that hard to do. Huh. Yeah. We haven't talked in a while, have we, about this? I've no. been trying to I've been trying to hide my angry Jewish lesbian woman on a quest for justice obsession from you. Oh, I hide things from you, so I guess we're even. <laughs> anyway, um, we, we not can't in front proc- of the kids. <laughs> we can't procrastinate anymore. We got to talk about the other piece of news. We can't. There's a, a very sad piece of news. You're going to be listening to this uh, just into the new year, but we're coming the day after. We're recording the day after Carrie Fisher died, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. space mom. Yep. Uh, we had a reflection piece that we we had up. It was a collaboration effort on fundamentals. We'll be linking that. I I don't know. She's just a really good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason we call her Space Mom. Because yeah. she's more than just an actress. I mean, she's she's an advocate for mental illness. She's, I mean, dispenser of hilarious and unreadable <laughs> Twitter rants. I mean, oh, my God. I have spent, like, a good 20 minutes trying to decipher some of her tweets. I know. <laughs> and so people have a knack for it. They're like, Carrie Fisher whispers. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, she's gonna be missed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. It kind of makes me more excited for episode eight. In a way. Not more excited, but like that's such a that's so tied up into all of this. You know, mm. it's it's gonna be very like bittersweet when it comes out. I think. Right. Yeah, it's 
I know it, it's strange. Like even like when we were when we were putting together our, our piece for today, uh, today being the twenty eighth of December, um, like a lot of us didn't seem to know like you know if we were reacting to Carrie Fisher dying or Princess Leia dying. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I know it must it must be strange to have your legacy so tied up in one character that well, you played. Mark Hamill wrote a Facebook post where he said something like they blurred together. And when you Mm -hmm. think about it, I mean, we were talking about this, that she really does seem to be the perfect Princess Leia cast. Yeah. With everything she had written in her, like, biographies or autobiographies, I guess memoirs whatever and they, you princess call them. is such like like you know like like a fandom phenomenon that mm-hmm. like you know our head canons about her are just as important as you know whatever was on the screen as if not you know, more so if we're talking about return of the jedi yeah, yeah exactly right so so you know like i know we were talking about yesterday about how how princess leia is totally bipolar so <laughs> mm. well it's funny like that it's the three of us talking about this because mm-hmm. all three of us have written a piece on princess leia Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true and we're all like very into the dutiful princess trope yes oh my gosh right and yeah carrie fisher really was that very outside of everything too it was very meta mm-hmm. yes and, and i kind of feel like it was her force of personality that really took yeah. over that character i was just trying to figure out if i should feel bad for you know conflating her with the character she played or not i don't like i don't i don't <laughs> Mark, Mark Hamill did. Yeah. If he did, he, we're all allowed to, because he said she's our princess, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it well, was really touching. Well, and there are interviews where it seems like she completely understands the phenomenon and in some sense even celebrates it yeah. for herself. So I think that she would be honored that like she and this character have become so iconic and that it was her being this character that yeah. has done so much for people. <laughs> God knows it wasn't the script. <laughs> yeah. Except for Empire Strikes Back. It was one of the scripts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Force, like, For- Force Awakens gave it a good college try. Mm, yeah. It did. Yep. You know, the marketing was trying to, like, pretend pr- that the Princess Fa- Captain Phasma was more important than Leia for some odd reason. Oh my god, I just Why? saw this, like, I just saw this gift set of... Like Gwendolyn Christie talking about what a great character Captain Phasma is, or something. Well, I'm sure she's a really good method actor, and she she's like, I think she's a phenomenal character. And there's all these young girls that can look up to her. I'm like, what? What are they looking up to? Leia is right there. So is Ray. Why are they looking up to this like metal <laughs> trash can? I'm like, yeah. Who's also a fascist? Mm, who's, <laughs> who's into traumatizing children? There's just so much to look up to, guys. How yeah. did we always end up shaving Phasma no matter what? <laughs> <laughs> because that was like, yeah, the biggest fail of that movie was Phasma. I'm sorry. And it definitely wasn't Gwendolyn Christie's fault. No, yeah, no. She was fine. Um, but yeah, that's that's Star Wars. There's uh, certainly plenty of other stuff to talk about. like uh, The fact that there are going to be renewals and new shows in 2017. Yeah, so um, look, I know you guys were all waiting with bated breath, but uh, Fuller House Season 3 has been greenlit. Thank the gods. <laughs> we all really needed that. Yep. I love yep. this show. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm a lot more curmudgeonly about it in my write-ups than I really am. Like, <laughs> it's it's a very bingeable show. The actors clearly have fun with it. I I kind of think Candace Cameron Burr is the worst, but, you know. The worst. <laughs> I think she's the reason there were all the gay jokes that there were. Mm, but yeah. ne- Netflix has an interesting model, and, you know, if a show mm. like that can help float the other shows, then... Fine. Yeah. Right. You know, if you, if you frame it like that, then yeah. Mm. Speaking of Netflix, I actually am really excited because Iron Fist is starting up uh, soon. Yeah. So. There's, how many new Netflix shows are there going to be? Like nine or ten? Yeah. There's a bunch. Yep. I am most excited to find out that Bill Nye has a talk show. OMG. Oh, right? I, I, I love Bill, Bill Nye. Nye. He's a cool guy. <gasps> really? He's a science guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm we so all jumped out to Washington, D.C. He was like doing something there. Yeah. Oh man, I love Bill Nye. My my he- sons, uh, they still watch Bill Nye at school. Because <sighs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah, because it's, it's amazing. Remember yep. the music videos? <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh! Yes, yes, I do. My friend's Wi-Fi router is Bill Why the Science Fi. <laughs> maybe my favorite. Yay! And, um, it's not until May. Sense8 is coming back. Netflix too. Um, oh. oh yeah, but the Christmas special just happened. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Iron Fist with uh, Finn Jones. Yeah, Laura Tyrell. 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't recognize him. He looks um, very some, different. Some news that just dropped today, and I feel weird that we don't cover the show much on the site, is uh, Shameless Season 8 was renewed, so that's that's good. But that's a show that's, like, really powerful and does a lot of cool things, and we should probably get someone on that. Yeah. <laughs> like, pronto. If you would like to cover Shameless, send us a clip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Email at Kylie at thefandamentals.com or Julia at thefandamentals.com. Yeah. <laughs> for, for real, seriously, if you're interested in writing for us, this, this goes for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be 18 or older, but other than that, yeah, send us a writing sample and what you might like to cover. Yeah. That was a weird plug, but okay. It happened. <laughs> it happened. Let's move on to the fact that Emerald City is coming soon. Okay, how do you grimdark the Wizard of Oz? Oh my god. Here's how you grimdark it. You age up Dorothy. Uh-huh. You make Scarecrow sexy. And bleeding. <laughs> you make Lion just, like, some dude with a helmet, uh, like a lion helmet on. You turn the munchkins into grounders. Oh my god, what was that? <laughs> I don't know, but they're but they're basically grounders, like face paint, dreadlocked, dirtied-haired, and they're all. They're not even little! No, I don't even, they're probably not going to be able to call them munchkins anymore, because <laughs> how can you do that? <laughs> but... Will they have the Lullaby League and the Lollipop Guild? Oh my gosh. Can you, I'm just trying to imagine someone with like war paint on, like. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like bike Can you represent? <laughs> <laughs> like aged up Dorothy, why is this happening? I don't know. But we get a sexy scarecrow. Seriously, you guys have to, if you haven't already, please watch the trailer for Emerald City. It looks like a parody of dark and gritty reboots. It's so bad. Oh, man. Yep. So Um, what is this Big Little Liars about? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So there's a show called Big Little Liars, which I think is based on Pretty Little Liars. But they're big. Well, they're big as in, like, there are all these, like, freaking A-list celebrities in it, like uh, Reese Witherspoon. Really? And yeah, uh it's like Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, um who's that? Alexander Skarzad. He was like in Oh Skarsgard. You know what I mean? With all the A's. Swedish yeah. McSwedish face, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, okay. Swedish McSwedish face, of course. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> um It's very Swedish. <laughs> that chick that starred in Divergent who looks oh, like Oh, I know what you're talking about. Just the face. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> With the face? Sh- Sh- Shalane Woodley. <laughs> She's just very nondescript to me. Um, Adam Scott's in it. This is an HBO show. And mm-hmm. yeah, I I think it's based on... Pre- I, I have no idea if it's about Pretty Little Liars, if this is something else. But either way, it's this HBO star-studded show that's coming. So, Oh, HBO. If you want to me back, you're going to have to try very, very hard. Maybe it has nothing to do with it, and I just made made the Pretty Little Liars thing up. But hmm. what what an odd title to go with, if not. Right. But, like, American Gods is going to be coming in 2017. I'm very excited about that. Oh, right. Because Ricky yeah. Whittle is in it, and he deserves better. Date, yeah, it's April. Oh, last time I checked, there was a release date. Yep, April 2017. Awesome. I know, I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. Yeah, there is good. So. <laughs> it should be. And, Twin Peaks is coming back. What's the deal with that? I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, I never watched Twin Peaks in the first place, so I don't really know what the hype is about. I thought I don't know it was. A bit I don't. It's just like the, the like the idea is that it's just really weird, and you kind of make your own ideas about it. I think hmm. that was like cool yeah. at some point in the early '90s. Was like a trend, like Lost. Just, yeah, Lost was two uh, thousands though. Yeah, but is the Twin Peaks reboot going to be dark and gritty? That's the question. <laughs> It was already pretty dark. Uh, whatever. I don't I'm, know. <laughs> I want. I think everything should be dark and gritty. I'm so into it. Well, I mean, that leads us pretty nicely into our first segment of this podcast, which is: Has Grim Dark peaked? Have Please we reached the maximum amart- amount of? Well, Gretchen, what is Grim Dark? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, we have all written extensively about Grim Dark, but the idea of Grim Dark. Um, that's right. Um, <laughs> is that you have this combination of violent, like meaningless violence and nihilism that there's no hope in this, in a grimdark world, there's absolutely no hope for change. The only way to survive is to, um, basically just like double down on violence and revenge because good people always get shafted. 
and I'm trying to think what else. Um, I mean, I talked to, it's not that deep. Yeah, no, it's not that deep. It's just like, let's make it as dark and depressing and nihilistic as possible. And like, there seems to be like this idea that that's what makes it mature and realistic. Yeah. Because yeah. And that's, what's funny is the idea that this is more realistic as if the world that we live in is just like awful all the time and there are never good or happy things that happen. It's just like horrible and terrible. But that's the assumption of Grimdark. It's so interesting to me that, you know, Grimdark got big a few years ago when things were pretty fine. <laughs> like, just global. Mm-hmm. Relatively. I mean, there's, <laughs> relatively to, like, you know. Now. Now. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. So it's like, why was it this, like, sort of apocalyptic shitty outlook that we were embracing for so like why why was this so appealing i mean you pointed out that like uh you know like in the bush years the last time there was a general kind of malaise in society was like the time where there seemed to be a lot of optimism in media like with the lord of the rings and harry potter and things like that Mm -hmm. even even um on the tail end of that was like the first avengers movies Mm -hmm. like the the discreet ones like uh you know the the standalones that led up to the avengers like iron man 2 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like Iron Man 2, but like, you know, Thor, the first one, which is, mm-hmm. it, that's not grimdark, whatever no. you might think of it, it's not grimdark. It's definitely no. not grimdark. <laughs> no. But, uh, it, it, that was also, I guess, you know, the time of the Dark Knight trilogy, which was hedging into that territory. Yeah, but... I mean, probably, like, um, the Dark Knight and Battlestar Galactic kind of, like, started it. Yeah, I think that especially the Dark Knight, like, the, ex- mm-hmm. the success of the Dark Knight was, like, a huge... I think that's the big milestone for when this really started to be really appealing for like movie and TV makers but, to like, the want Dark this Knight, kind of world. The Dark Knight actually like did it well, and like the stuff yeah. we get now is more like a flanderization of that kind of like you well, know because everything's trying everything's trying to like out edge the mm-hmm. last thing that came out. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, you thought Dark Knight was dark? Well, wait for this. <laughs> I, I, no one wanted this. And, and then you have, you know, Bat, you, you've got freaking Superman killing people and screaming. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I think we might need to pull back a little bit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just something. Yeah. When Superman is like willfully destroying property and killing people, you know that you have a problem. When, when Superman is monochromatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could not tell that that man's suit was blue. He still had nice hair, though. He does nothing for me as an actor. I'm sorry. I think that's part of the issue, too. (laughs) He has other qualities. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So are we saying saying then that this TV scape and this, this movie scape is all Christopher Nolan's fault? Because I think I'm okay with that. I'm just, I just want to be clear. He at least, I think, is the first example of someone who made a lot of money and got a lot of critical acclaim on this particular mediascape. If the question is whether Grimdark is over in 2016 because it can't get any worse because it's fucking 2016, (laughs) but, like, that critical acclaim still seems to be there. I mean, like, like, how many years now have we been like, maybe this is the year? Maybe this is the year. And it hasn't happened yet. I have something a little grimdark to say to that. Okay. <laughs> Not really. Um, look, there's two more years of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no knocking Game of Thrones off of its, like, cultural throne. There's just not. It will continue to be a success. Whether its ending is satisfying or not, and people get tired of it, it's just, it doesn't seem to be happening. It will be the thing people tune in and then talk about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. As yep. a result, we are still going to have this is the next Game of Thrones marketing for right. those two years because everyone's going to be racing to fill in that void. Well, and like we just said, Emerald City is oh my God. A, a brand new show is still trying to capitalize yeah. on that momentum. Right. And I mean, it's hard to blame them when it when you do look at the money factor, especially mm-hmm. because people are still consuming this clearly. And the award-winning factor. I mean, if you can yes. win an award for best writing for the infamous bad pussy line because you happen to also fill it with, like, boobs and dragons and, like, but nihilism. Is that, then- I mean, is, that, is that too mean to say that that is what attracts people to Game of Thrones? No. <laughs> because it does have that veneer of, like, intellectualism. Yeah. I, I don't know why people think... <laughs> It's intellectual, but for some reason, it's it has that veneer. 
I mean, most most viewers aren't really thinking about it beyond the 10 hours a week. You know, they sit down, they watch the 10 hours a week. Oh my God, can you believe who died? No, I can't believe who died. And most of them aren't thinking about it. Like, But it has that reputation of, for being deep. It does. It does. I, mean, that, like, the, the, I don't want to, like, just talk about Game of Thrones for the next 10 minutes. So just, like, that seems to be the thing with Grimdark. It's just, like, if it's dark and depressing and nihilistic, people think it's deep. Well, mm. with Game of Thrones, too, I wonder if it's the setting and the accents. I'm not even trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I do wonder if that plays into it. But that actually ties into Westworld pretty well, too. Because Westworld really wants you to think it's deep. And I am a little bit torn. There are some people that really like it. It's really engaging to them, and they mm-hmm. get a lot out. And the more you put in, the more you get out. Because it's kind of, like, lost, and it's like, you can get really naughty with the theories. Mm-hmm. I've been through a lost. I'm not going through it again. (laughs) I am not going to be, you know, on the forums arguing about whether the statue is Tarrat or Sobek again. That will not be me. Not again. Not Mm. again. (laughs) And I was team Sobek anyway, so that was bad. But, like, the the, the thing with Westworld is because it raises all these, like, ethical questions. And there's a guy with a British accent who's a scientist, and he's like asking about sentience and tell me about your dreams and it seems very very deep but at the same time like it's still kind of just embracing annihilism i think Mm. there's this if you haven't seen season one there is a twist that i won't tell you about but everyone kind of hypothesized and figured it out already and it was a very it was kind of like embracing the whole yeah everything's shit and, and and they're like, oh, it's an exploration of human nature, seeing people murder robots. But what's the exploration? Right. It's just people murdering robots. So I, I have a hard time with it because I see elements of them trying to do something, but I think they're so trapped into making this a grimdark mold and selling it. It's it's tailor-made for the Game of Thrones fandom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, even mm-hmm. things like, remember the last season's uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale, the marketing around that was all about who's going to die and like the shocking oh who's going to die and fallen oh agents and all that stuff. I can't deal with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. marketing at all. <laughs> What's going to happen when Daisy goes rogue? How many times is this? <laughs> For the 40th time? Okay, Jesus. Th- well, that's the exact, exact same, because like, there's nothing grimdark about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No! But they still feel the need to, like, you know, smash it into that mold, at least for the marketing. Yeah, and it, it it's... Uh, it's this idea that, like, darkness is moral ambiguity. But it's not, though. <laughs> like, if someone is no. evil, they're not morally ambiguous. They're evil. <laughs> like, people murdering each other is not morally ambiguous. And if you think it is, like, I think you have a problem. Well, the like, only moral ambiguity is, like, everyone starts murdering each other. Then it's like, well, which murder am I more on board with? Yeah, right? like, well, that, that's what, like, that's what it's gotten to. I mean, like, you know... In Game of Thrones again. I'm sorry, we keep talking fucking Game of Thrones, but um, like no, but it's that, the same that was way like in the the, the, yeah, this, exactly like the same yeah. thing we got to like these people are all horrible, and the only <laughs> reason like I have for like supporting one over the other is like the marketing basically and like the music cues, right? Like I have been told. And this is something that Elizabeth mm-hmm. and I talked about in our The Hundred Retrospectives is the only distinction between the protagonists and the antagonists in these stories is that we are told which one we're supposed to root for. Yeah. They literally do the exact same thing. Like, there's no difference in their actions, but we're told, like, Bellamy is a protagonist, so he's redeemed even though he, like, mass murdered 300 people. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Allie is an antagonist, even though she enslaved people, like enslaved people's minds and took their free will away. Like, how is that different? They're not. But we're told who to root for. And so we root for them, even though, like, their actions are the same. That's a, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's a, that's a commentary on human nature. Clearly, <laughs> I think it's worth talking about the hundred a little bit because that's supposed to be like a young adult show. Well, actually, I kind of want to bring up the hundred. I, I want to bring that up anyway as as an example of maybe this is Grimdark getting burned because mm. people are not on board with this. No, nope. like the fandom's turning on the hundred, from what I can tell. Yeah, yeah, they're either like outright turning on it or they're just kind of bored. Yeah, because. Like, maybe it's... Because that is a young adult thing, so maybe it's the millennials aren't into Grimdark? 
Except that's who they're trying. That's who a lot of these shows are trying to target, though, isn't it? The like eighteen to thirties. I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a heavy Game of Thrones watching audience, mm-hmm. but everyone is. They have to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want a piece being like millennials ruined, dark and gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes. <laughs> we kind of did, though. <laughs> I'm happy to. Well, it's just, it's going too far. And I mean, like, the, the the 100 was going too far. I mean, like, the last couple episodes of that season were just ridiculous. Like, people yeah. were being crucified. Like, literally. What was going yes. on? Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> young women are being waterboarded. People are being crucified. We got to watch graphic self-harm. Like, how is, how is this appropriate especially for like young teenage like girls especially like it was a show heavily marketed to like teen girls and they show like a teenage girl practically committing suicide like yeah there's something wrong with your writing if that's what you're doing but you know they're they're not afraid to go there for the kids and dumb it down oh my gosh it just drives me crazy because then there's a show like steven universe that Mm -hmm. is literally meant to be consumed by like five and seven year olds and it's presenting a more nuanced view of all this mm. it's yep. true though or, yep. or like even like you know the last airbender and nothing oh easily Avatar, yeah the let's last tackle airbender. let's tackle genocide yeah. and let's tackle capital punishment and let's give it to you in a children-friendly way they had they had freaking in avatar mm-hmm. they had the goddamn cycle of abuse with the fire family mm-hmm. and they're and they're like just casually showing this no it's, and, it's like like you you like it presents itself as like you know the brave option, but really in many ways it's it's you know the lazy option because it takes time and effort and consideration and sensitivity to ha- actually present these issues in a way that's not you know gratuitous and graphic mm-hmm. and violent and grimdark. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the difference is just like the attitude about you know why are you including it? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're just including it because it's cool because it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it, it's just, just like, you know, the sexual controversy, like if, if you watch Sensate and the way that they use sex in that show, you know, like, it's just like, like you, you feel that sex is just something that like, you know, is part of the human experience. And that's the mm-hmm. way it's used in that show. Like, you know, they have, they have, you know, penises because people have penises and sometimes they walk around the house naked and that's like, you know, that's it. And, <laughs> but then like you have, you have these kinds of shows that, that use sex, like, you know. And it's it's very nakedly, if you'll excuse the is that a pun? I don't know. It's 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 very like nakedly and obviously bared, like as something shiny to keep your attention for the scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And violence is often used the same way. Just what will happen next? Like how good will the blood effects be? <laughs> Aren't people fatigued though at this point? Like like I'm thinking about The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Didn't everyone basically turn into the uh season premiere this year? And we're like, oh my god, really? No, we're done. <laughs> like Yeah, the overall reaction I got from I mean, I don't watch the show, but I remember seeing on social media everyone watching The Walking Dead and being like, Really? Hmm. Okay. Um I mean, like, I, I haven't watched The Walking Dead at all, but, like, apparently the villain this season gives, like, Ramsey, you know, makes Ramsey look subdued. So, oh um... They gotta up their game, man. They gotta make their, their sadist even more sadistic. That's what they're doing. They're upping their game. And, like, we're still waiting for that moment where everyone's just like, no, we've had enough. Mm-hmm. And has that happened yet? That's the question. Like, has Grimdark peaked? No. No. We no. keep so close to it happening, but it didn't happen. When did we come close and why didn't it peak? It came close with the Sansa rape. I'm sorry we have to talk about Game of Thrones, but that's when it came close. That was more that's... than a year ago. Yep. And then it came back in a vengeance and then this season was supposed to be the best ever because there were women on top doing the murdering. Mm. That, that's the secret. Just get the women slaughtering and then this can keep going on for another, like, decade. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> what do you think, Gretchen? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that I think that's an interesting point is that mm-hmm. so much of the outcry was violence against women. And so maybe if we make the women violent, then everyone will calm down because it's OK, because somehow it's feminist to make women acting like toxic, toxically masculine. That's fine. <laughs> um, That's totally not the same thing because it's women doing it. And I think that that, I mean, it's subterfuge. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a game of, it's smoke and mirrors. It's pretend that that other thing doesn't happen because we're giving you something that we think that you will like. And a lot of, 
a lot of the media, at least, has fallen for that idea. <laughs> you think? <laughs> we have very short attention spans as a society now, which isn't like, I don't want to sound like, oh, anti-millennial, they can't focus on anything. It's just what's happened with the way our technologies is and being right. used and how accessible things are. And like, even like things like, like you know, TV seasons are getting shorter. Mm. Yeah. Or five-minute YouTube videos feel longer than they used to, yeah. right? Or the, uh, the Netflix thing of like an entire season dropping at once. You know, you watch an entire yes, season yes. over a couple of nights and then mm-hmm. you move on to the next thing. Right. But it go- it goes the same way with like TV show coverage and people talking about it where like mm-hmm. maybe you're getting really upset because, you know, I think I actually was painting a far- false narrative a-, a few minutes ago by saying the Sansa rape thing almost corrected it, but then this year fixed it. No, it wasn't this year that fixed it. It was Hard Home that fixed it. And that mm-hmm. was two episodes later. Yeah. And that's because it was key jingling and it was something else to talk about. So... Come on, it happened two weeks ago. Come on, it happened a year ago. Why talk about this anymore? Get over it. Yeah. Get over it. And I think I think that's um, I think there's very few media, not very few, two but th- there's content creators whose voices at least aren't leveraged that put the thought into you know season to season and telling something really coherent. But the people who don't and the people who don't plan, they still get rewarded. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And like there same, doesn't seem to be movies. like there's, I mean it's always been a matter of chance. Some like there's always that, that element of chance over whether or not a like, piece of media will be successful. You know, like Jessica Jones was very successful, and it was definitely thoughtful and used grimdark in, in you know a, a better way. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was grimdark. I just say it was using dark and gritty. Yeah, exactly. In a successful way. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, or like something like Black Sails. Nobody watches Black Sails. Nobody talks about Black Sails. And it 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 make, works with these themes incredibly well and incredibly intelligently. Mm-hmm. And and it even has a production value. You know, like there's. Well, should we take hope in the fact that Jessica Jones and the fact that Luke Cage is doing well? I mean, are those are those the kinds of shows that are going to lift it out of it? Shows that do dark and gritty well, or the shows I that are going to lift us out of it going to be more Supergirl? Both of those have only had one season. They can still fuck up. Yeah, I think we but... I think we need both too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a one or the other. I think we need both. You need dark and gritty done well, and we need something with levity in it. Yeah, and good yeah. Hair. <laughs> you know what? That's you true. know what we really need. This is what we need most of all. We need that stupid Hans Zimmerhorn to stop playing in every single trailer for every single thing ever. <laughs> That's what we need. When there are no longer tra- when there are trailers where a woman can do the voiceover and that's actually appealing, that's when we'll have done our job. Because right now it's just all coming soon. It's is it like one guy? I feel like there's just like one guy who does all of the trailers. Yeah, it's like that's the like honest trailer job. voice guy. Yeah, yeah, they had they had a legit trailer dude do that. Yeah. Yep. Dorothy won't have to click her heels. <laughs> I don't know. That's not like at all what that trailer was like. That was very, but that is very much what the uh, 100 season four trailer was like. Mm, yeah. With the words flashing like there will be death. Oh my gosh. Hey, right. speaking of the 100. I was just going to say, like every now and again, you have a problematic event or problematic writing choice. And instead of it just fading away, like so many of the ones do, you get a fandom outcry that that resonates for a long period of time and it doesn't go away. And uh, a huge one of those this past year was when Lexa was killed off on the hundred. And that leads us into our next section, which is going to be a rotating section where we discuss either a trope or a piece of media that we recently watched or enjoy. And the one today is called this needs to die, (laughs) (laughs) which is a trope. In media that needs to just go away, be done forever, just, just not even like faded out gracefully, just mm, like just stop, bye, just stop now. <laughs> and today's is the spring slaughter or the mass mass genocide of women loving women characters on TV that we saw this last year. <laughs> this just needs to be done. Stop killing off your LGBT characters. Just like it's it's no longer gritty. It's no longer shocking. It's just bad. Be so, done. <laughs> so just to give some numbers behind this, there was a piece posted in March uh, that said all 29 lesbian and bisexual TV characters who got happy endings. And then the other counterpart was all 166 dead lesbian and bisexual characters on TV and how they died. So 
Yeah. 29 to 166. And that was in March. And there have been more since yes, then. There have. have. Yep. We talked about it on one of the ladies first podcasts, which we'll link that, uh, Corey and Elizabeth and I talk about this. So mm-hmm. what is the spring slaughter? That was a term that I coined to talk about the dead women loving women on TV. In the spring. Because, yeah, in the spring <laughs> of 2016, because it really was a slaughter. They just, they were being killed off left I and right. And like, like every that's TV. People started saying, what the fuck, 2016. <laughs> it was like Walking Dead, The Magicians, 100. It just kept going and going. Um, I'm, actually, one of the funnier things I saw about Game of Thrones was, do you think Marjorie was a lesbian? And it said, like, well, she just died, so you can bet she was. <laughs> yeah. Or bi or whatever. Yeah. I mean, basically. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. There's a reason why people joke that anyone, now, that anyone who dies was, any female character who dies was probably queer of some kind because we just yeah. i mean orange is the new black yeah um, oh god i forgot about that. i mean they're yeah. just they're like too many to list right now because it was everywhere so yeah this this needs to die not to be too is that okay <laughs> for me to to say that that killing off female characters needs to die it's a double um, negative it's a double murder yes so it, it, it that makes it fine out. um so why does this exist why does this why is this trope a thing well I happen to think it's a combination of the barrier gaze trope, which has had a long, 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 decades long history. Like this is, this is a thing that's been around since the, like the fifties or earlier that gay characters were not allowed to have happy endings because of morality and you know what that reminds me of? And- um, I've, I've talked around this before, but like it reminds me of like, uh, you know, the early 19th century. They, they had the exact same thing about like women who had sex outside of wedlock. Yes. You know, like yep. you can, you can have it happen in your, in your piece of media or your text or whatever, but it's not allowed to end well. They have to die in childbirth. No. They have to like drown the baby in a pond. Like, you know, like something yep. horrible has to happen. You can have right. the sex, but you can't have the happy ending for the woman involved. No. Because that would send bad messages mm-hmm. to the children that this is okay <laughs> for this to be a thing. Okay, but like this is 2016. Mm-hmm. How the hell is right? You know, women hooking up with each other a bad message. Well, I think it's like I think it's a combination of that and like grimdark, because there's this yeah. idea that like killing off characters is shocking, and I don't even think that all media makers realize yeah. that they are perpetuating this idea when their first instinct is to kill off like oh well we'll just kill off the lesbian or we'll kill off you know the the bisexual woman or well you know. and and usually correct correct me if i'm wrong but usually that character isn't like a protagonist yeah exactly usually, yeah they're side characters yeah i, I, right. I suspect there's like, like even if it's unconscious like you're like okay which character are we going to kill off and it's always the privileged characters who are even unconsciously like are immune from that like nothing bad yep. can happen to the straight white guy even if you don't no. like think that consciously and articulate that like you know when you're making that decision that's how where your brain goes just because yep. you know society yep yeah i think it was with elizabeth that i that i joked that um being a woman loving woman character on tv is the new red shirt Oh my god, no. <laughs> because it kind of is. Like, and if you don't know that reference, that's mm-hmm. to the original Star Trek. Each We're too lost. <laughs> well, that, that's, that was a Star Trek reference. I know. Um, <laughs> where, like, there were, like, different colors for whatever station you happened to be a part of on the Enterprise. And it was almost always the red shirt that would die. Like, the, well, cause like they, the they tertiary... would always have, yeah, they would always have, like, okay, we have to beam down to this planet. I'm taking three main characters and, you know, Ensign Dude. And, yeah, you know, Edson Dude is gonna die because he's the only you know character who wasn't in the title credits, and they have to prove the situation serious, right? And they usually and they had a red shirt because red shirt was like security. command, st- yeah, was security force. So, I mean, that's what red shirt means is the expendable. It's the expendable secondary or tertiary character that mm-hmm. you like don't need to continue the story. And for so many people, like consciously or not, like LGBT characters are secondary or tertiary like unimportant characters that you can kill off and not yeah. destroy the main narrative. Well they're like, you know, like they're like the you know the token that you have to put in there to fill your diversity quota. You wouldn't have a protagonist who's gay, you know? No. Unless you're Supergirl. Exactly. But that's because Supergirl's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> are you wait, are you saying that Kara is not one hundred percent straight? We don't know from the show, but I have head cannons. <laughs> oh, we all have head cannons. <laughs> no, um you know, I was actually amazed that this many show had like a lesbian or bisexual woman to kill off 
but then you know what you just said about tokenism i think that's totally right mm-hmm. is that you do you do need the token you know you, you do need the token gays in there or else you're not a show meant for the 21st century right but then well you, you can't make that the main character that's just gross so <laughs> then then it's a niche show just for gay audiences then it's a gay show yeah. Yeah. or you're you pandering can't have more than one yeah, yeah. Or you're pandering to those those horrible, awful SJWs. Oh, that's what I love. It's always pandering. You're never pandering to straight people, but you are pandering <laughs> if you make the characters kiss. This isn't at all to do with the tracer backlash that we're talking about. Nope, not it. Not at all due to that. So, look, I wrote a piece called To Kill a Lesbian. Mm. I'm like that. And I almost titled it To Kill a Lesbian, but then like... <laughs> But basically, I support the idea that this trope needs to die, but then at the same time, I was like, isn't this taking it a little too far, just saying you can't kill off lesbians? Because isn't that sort of putting, you know, lesbian and bisexual women in a in a special little box that can't be touched? And isn't that infantilizing? So then I was talking about how, like, it needs narrative conditions. But here at the end of things, <laughs> the mm. end of all things... I mean, I think I still agree with the sentiment of what I was arguing, but if this trope could at least be retired for, like, five years, I just don't think I care at this point. <laughs> why? Yeah, totally. And people will, the question normally arises, people will be like, well, but why, though? Like, why can't we kill them off? Why? Mm-hmm. Why do we need to stop doing it? And Why do you need to start? Yeah, I'm like, well, because sapphic women deserve better than to see themselves killed over and over and over again how would you like it insert whatever kind of person you are if the only characters that who were ever like you on television always died and then you get the argument that if you need television for validation then you know you you need to get a grip you need like yeah, and, and that's and that's the mark of people who's never needed television for mm-hmm, validation. validation or are already validated without realizing they yeah. are. Like, right. I didn't, honestly, I am very comfortable with my sexuality. The moment I realized, oh, I want to kiss that girl when I was 20, it wasn't like this, oh my god, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go do this. But when Kurosami happened, I was like, oh my god, my heart feels like it's exploding in a really good way, and I don't understand. And then I was like, oh, I'm experiencing validation, which I didn't know I needed. Or even like, um, like in, um, in Orange is the New Black, when, uh, what's her face? Judy King was all like, I have a husband and a boyfriend. He was all like, yay! Then, oh, she's a rapist. And like, my heart mm-hmm. broke. And it was, it was like, you know, the kind of, experience I never thought I would have and it was just it was so devastating to yeah. have like you know you you think you think you see something validating you think you like oh maybe maybe people will start seeing people like me as normal it was la 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 and then just all mm-hmm. of a sudden like oh she's a rapist great well I mean I guess you're not gonna feel much better with Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy was representation for you <sighs> no Okay, so our point being, Mm -hmm. if you do find validation in media, that's not a weird thing. That probably means you're experiencing difference in some level, and it's really good to feel validated. Mm -hmm. Right, because so many of the people who experience validation in media, one of the reasons why that's so huge for them is they probably do not get validated in their actual real life. Yeah. And there is a cultural give and take between media and society and how we conceive of things you know right like we we talk about how glee really changed the way that parents viewed like their children coming out yeah as an example if we get one more anon that says it's just a show it's just entertainment like bad things will happen right (laughs) read my piece about why stories matter because they do like stories are how we understand ourselves in the world and other people and so, yeah, for that reason, I do think you can kill a lesbian, you know, in your time, but we're at least going to retire this yeah, for right. a bit, okay? Right. Just and like, the, you know, you're a creative person, it. you know, you run a you run a TV show, you can think of something else. Oh, yeah, you like, you know, you for can all the it. people who say, like, <laughs> well, but how else do you write a character off a show who's, you know, if the actor's leaving? Oh, the... You think that is the only way to write, like, the only, literally the only way to write off a character is to kill them? 
you're a bad writer, dude. I'm yeah, sorry. right. That's like the laziest way to write a character out of a show. There's so many better ways to do it. Do you have any examples? <laughs> I do. Um, I mean, just think about how many TV shows have like a, a female actress who gets pregnant and so they take a break from the show for a while. You can find a way to do that and just make it more permanent. The, you could have it in the universe that the, you know, that character moves away. They find a better job in another city. You could, they could decide to, I think it was in The Mentalist where (laughs) one of the actresses got pregnant. Uh And so like on the show, she like took a course in another, like at some like special like course that she had to be in, in person (laughs) in another city. So she was just like gone. For, yeah. like, half a season. Um, they can make they it, can... like, you know, a medical degree. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they could have, like, a sick family member or a sick parent that they have to care for. Like, yeah, what's, inter- what's interesting to me is that, like, when men, when when actors want to move on from other shows, they rarely die unless the showrunners are feeling a little pissy with them. <laughs> or they're right. Black. Like, Will, Will from Good Wife got killed off, but I think he wanted to. Hmm. But... It seems to be a very, like, specifically punishing the female actor kind of way, too. Right. Like, Marissa from the OC had to die. She she wanted to do movies. Misha Barton wanted to do movies. So they had her die in a really bloody and graphic way, even though she could have just, like, gone off to college somewhere else. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're all that age. Would have been fine. Yep. But yep. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. Just stop. There's so many better ways than killing people off. Yeah. I mean, just think about how Supergirl handled um, Callista Flockhart leaving. <laughs> she had to go find I mean, herself. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird for like a, a middle-aged woman to decide that she wants to leave her business and go find herself. But I mean, it's better than her dying. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and you know, I think Gotham, for all its issues, they just put Renee Montoya on a bus. They didn't yeah. do anything, like, drastic to her. She got loaded onto a bus after being in a love triangle or two. That's mm. not the point. Right, like, you don't hexagon. have to... Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> just everyone's in love with her. <laughs> be hot. Would be. <laughs> or, I mean, again, Supergirl. Lucy Lane left the show. Um... And at the end of season one, I mean, they didn't fully explain where she went, but the idea was, like, she got a job again with her dad, who works in the military, mm-hmm. and she's off doing her job, and there was literally zero drama. They did not have to kill her off. She just, like, is doing her job somewhere else in the world. Like, there are there are ways to do it, and not even, and it's not even that you have to be all that, like, smart or nuanced about it, really. Like, just, like, you think for a You can just have lot- your character walk in and be like, hey... I've got to go. Bye. And then that's it. And just let the fans take care of it. That's still better yeah. than I mean, if, if there's them. such right. an important token ter- tertiary character, you can probably do that. Yeah, they can just disappear and you never see them again. Mm-hmm. If they're expendable enough to murder. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or if you're going to murder them, like, again, like you were saying, Kylie, do it in, do it in ways that actually make sense and aren't <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> like... What specific examples do you mean, Oh, no, nothing in particular. Just, like, maybe don't have two characters have sex and then one of them <laughs> randomly walk into a room and get shot and bleed out from a stomach wound. That with could the other to- one being a medic. With yeah. the other one being a medic, and this could totally be something that could be fixed and not kill you in five minutes. But also, But nothing specific. Also, please just don't make the death being used to fuel someone else's angst. Mm-hmm. Like, there are stories where people die. Of course there are. But if that's just to be used as, like, a motivation for something, that's really lazy. Yeah. People yep. could be motivated by other shit. Yep. No, I, I do absolutely nothing with my life because no one important in my life has died. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit around. I just sit around because... Do you want to motivate people? Guilt. Guilt oh. is the best motivator. Write more guilty characters. Says the Martel. <laughs> I'm a Sato. It's fun. They never deal with guilt. No. Oh, no. They they don't have guilt. <sighs> oh, anyway. Oh, anyway, this just needs to die. We just need to be done. Let's let's take a break for a while and not kill off our, our kill women off living. kill off the dead lesbian trope. Yep. Yes. Kill That's it. That's the last thing that should die. Yep. And no more killing after that. Yep. Boom. 
Well, after those two really cheery segments, that was great, guys. <laughs> um, thought for maybe our last summary, say something nice about 2016. Kylie, why are you making us do that? It's oh. been taking a beating. This is what this is like. What the last uh, question that Trump and Clinton got at the top <laughs> yeah, hall, right? Say something nice. <laughs> say something nice about the other person. He managed oh to God. reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> so, Julia, do you want to start off? Say something. Say something nice about this year. I feel really bad for it. Um. Well, despite Cartoon Network's crazy, inexplicable schedule, we did get <laughs> quite a bit of Steven Universe. Mm, yeah. And it's a joy every time I have the privilege to watch it. Like, mm-hmm. just we had two Stephen, we had like a Stephen Baum and a Stephen Nuke, and they're both this year, right? <laughs> yeah. And just like the amount of you know character development and themes, and just well, y- you know, uh, the first episode we got this year, like January fourth was the answer. Yes. <gasps> I had forgotten that that was the first one of this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so it was like that that streak of them. Oh. And it's like, yeah, like, mm. there's just nothing bad to say about Stevie Nevers. Like, the worst we can come up with is that, like, Ruby and Sapphire were a little weird in that baseball episode and Pearl <laughs> is not like other pearls. And, like, that's, like, <laughs> the only bad things we could find. And, like, <sighs> Not like other pearls. <laughs> and here they are. You oh, know, they're Bismuth. Talk- Bismuth. Wait, oh. we have a real complaint with her. Yeah, oh, yeah, Bismuth. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, like, even that, like, you know, they're talking about, like, you know, killing people, shattering gems. Like, that's what that is. It's killing people. And it's a show for five-year-olds, and they managed to do it well and mm-hmm. age appropriately. And just, like, can't every show just be Stevie Universe? Like we we had Mr. Greg this year. Mm-hmm. We had Alone at Sea, the Lapis Arcs oh, yes. this year. I mean, there was so much so good. Even even the stupid um, Kiki's Pizza Delivery. Oh yeah, nightmare whatever it was. Kiki <laughs> the Pizza Delivery Mindful service. Education. Oh, Mindful Education. But the good the other good thing about uh, Lost at Sea is I think it finally drove me off of Tumblr. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I was just like I can't do this anymore. The Jasper fandom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't. You guys. Yeah. But yep. no, I mean, I, I forgot the answer was still this year, but that's that was like that start of it. Yeah. We had the log date. Peridot Par- was still in the middle of her redemption arc. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I remember you yeah. wrote a piece about her redemption arc, I remember. Uh, that's right. Lapidot. And we were worried. We were worried about that redemption arc. Yeah. And, and it was They did beautiful. it. And they didn't. Yeah, it was beautiful. Why were we worried? We should have trusted them. Yeah, I like I could not have predicted having met when I first met Lapis and Peridot, I could not have predicted that they would be living in a barn together, (laughs) making meat morphs and growing like like trying to grow sentient pumpkins. It's like I never I never ever would have. But it but they are and it works. And they're married, and it's kind of totally. Cute. Oh my gosh, they're the lesbian farmers that everyone says is ruining America, but actually is beautiful. <laughs> I love them. I love them together unabashedly. Like I can't get involved oh, with any other ship, but they're the yeah. best. Um, so Gretchen, do you have anything nice to say about 2016? Um, well, I'm sure people would be really, really, really surprised <laughs> to hear me say Supergirl. <laughs> you like Supergirl? <gasps> I'm just. What? I like Supergirl? You like Supergirl? This is brand new information. Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. That's so good about Supergirl. Um, <laughs> everything. Except maybe the Guardian. But I'm I'm willing to consider that. Anyway, um, it's beautiful and it's wonderful, and it was the most validating coming out story for Alex Danvers that I have ever seen on television. And I never, ever thought that I would get to see the story of, like, a late 20s, early 30-something woman-loving woman, like, finally realizing that she's gay. And I did, and it was beautiful, and I c- ugly cried a lot <laughs> because it's so meaningful. Um, Now, that was the premise of The L Word a little bit, but that's a show that was very marketed to a niche mm-hmm. already. Yeah, right? Like, this is a this is a show that's not... 
a niche show. Like this is specifically for general audiences, and one of the main characters is now canonically queer. And that's the protagonist. Right, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, she, I mean, she's she's one of the main mm-hmm. protagonists. I would say Alex is the deuteragonist, yeah. easily. Yeah, like Kara is. I just thought that Kara yeah. is also totally gay. Well, I I think she is, but I mean, we haven't gotten that confirmed. I think at least her actor is into the idea. <laughs> I mean, why else would you make hard eyes at Katie McGrath every time she's Okay, why wouldn't you make that? <laughs> That's true. Um, but anyway, like, there's just so many good things about the show. The, the message of just, like, hope and compassion and that everyone can be a hero. And like Steven Universe, it's, it's not that it's campy or unabashedly optimistic. Like, it goes to some really dark, places it just handles it with such nuance and delicacy that at the end of the day like it's you end up feeling hopeful even though it goes into the darkness very you know what i remember that made me feel that way of that show like um that episode with the inevitable red kryptonite yep and like Mm -hmm. several episodes later when car is trying to redeem herself from like being an asshole Uh it's like the fireman that she uh helped when oh. she got infected, basically. Yeah. is like, there again. And he's just like, yeah, I remember when you helped me. I trust you. And, yep. Yeah. And like, he saves her. Exactly. Like, he's like, one of the yeah. t- team that helps save her when she's fighting Livewire and Silver Banshee. Yeah. And, and just Flash. like, you know, just that kind of, that it's kind just, of just like, you know, faith in people. It's mm-hmm. just kind of nice to like end an episode of something you're watching and feel mm-hmm. good. Yep. Like, I would turn off Westworld and just feel, like, a little sick in my stomach and a little, like, why am I doing this? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Which I, I will still keep up with it. But, like, Supergirl, you don't... It can't... It's not that it can't upset you, because it can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it, it, it doesn't, like, leave you feeling lesser. No. No. Yeah. No, it's not. Well, and that... And then the other good thing that I liked about 2016 was Wynonna Earp. Um... And one of the best things about both of those shows was that um, they had the, like, biggest middle finger to oh my God. the dead lesbians trope that I have ever seen. And with, with Winona Earp, it was unintentional because they were airing that. Um, they were filming it, like, er, like, in the beginning of this year, like, long before the spring slaughter. But when you have, like, Officer Nicole Hot, like, get shot with a bullet while she's wearing um, a bulletproof vest... I mean, and when you see that after watching, like, Lexa get shot in almost the exact same spot and die, like, it just reads, like, this big middle finger. And then Supergirl, actually, both of its canonically queer women have been shot and survived. Alex was shot in season one while wearing a bulletproof vest. Mm -hmm. And then this season... And Maggie... Yeah, Maggie got shot. Maggie got shot in the shoulder and, like, totally survived. (laughs) And that, at least this season, was, like, I'm, like, 100% convinced that that was just, like, a big, like, F you, we're going to shoot our lesbian character and she's going to live. Like, suck well, it. And Winona, <laughs> Winona Earp was the least subtle thing ever because it wasn't just that she was in a bulletproof vest and got shot. It was, like, they were, like, why isn't she dead? I don't understand. And then she's, like, I'm wearing a bulletproof vest. Because I'm like, a cop. Her shorter, <laughs> yeah. Because it makes sense. I thought it was a good idea. And they're, like, this was a good idea. <laughs> It was right? so not subtle. No, which is why it's so funny that it was unintentional. Because it was... Because oh, it, 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 it couldn't... Yeah, it couldn't have been produced before the Spring of Slaughter, right? Yeah, right. No, it was after. 100% unintentional. In the interview that I had with Kat Barrel, who's the actress who played um, Officer Nicole Hot, like, she had no idea. Like, it, they filmed it, and then it wasn't until after that it was released that everyone was like, oh my gosh, did you guys do that on purpose? And, oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, because I get yeah, production schedules wouldn't line up. Mm-mm, no, that was not intentional, but it's great. It still works. It's amazing. So yeah, the writing was just like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, right. To have like a cop in a bulletproof vest is. It's oh almost god. like that's like normal standard procedure. When you, there's crazy people running around. With, yeah, <laughs> that, that's like the line that she says. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, those are my Kylie. Kylie. <laughs> what are your happy things? <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just talk about Black Sails. Oh, Black Because I accidentally listed it twice, so I guess that means I'm really excited to write and talk about it. Uh, yeah, so Black Sails, for, for anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's a show that airs in, like, um, the beginning half, beginning, like, 
quarter of the year even and they have three seasons down so this was season three in 2016 and one season to go in uh 2017 but i didn't start watching it until someone was like what do you think of the shows that are all compared to game of thrones and i was like i don't watch any of them (laughs) (laughs) so they said you can have one that's like you know shakespeare on motorcycles or you can have like a regency drama or you can have bisexual pirates i was like bisexual pirates (laughs) (laughs) what's the regency drama I don't remember. Right. I want. Mm-hmm. I know because I want to watch that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Crown. Yeah, never mind. But I, I need to focus. Oh. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. We've definitely written pieces on it before. Black Sails is just an incredibly un- It's. I wouldn't say unique, but it just. It. It's a gritty, dark setting because it's pirates, and they all kind of have these shitty lots in life. They're all bisexual. They're all bisexual. So every yeah, time, every time somebody dies, it's a bisexual dying. Okay. <laughs> there's been actually Miranda like the one woman who died I don't think was but <laughs> that's beside the point uh, it's it's just every character is so textured it actually kind of reminds me of a song of ice and fire where you might not like every character but you at least empathize with them and you understand where they're coming from and mm. some of them are just so damaged and then you get these backstories of some of them and it's just it kind of starts out as this like swashbuckling treasure hunt and there's something kind of shitty that happens in season one. But then season two and three just really take that and elevate it somewhere else. And the plots become more intricate. And I'm not doing a good job at all at describing this, but basically I watched all three seasons in like Ariane Martell is in it. <laughs> Ariane Martell is in it. Her actor is really homophobic and that mm. makes me sad, but Ariane Martell is in it. <laughs> um, it's It's a very bingeable show and you just... It's so damn good. You finish an episode, you're like, I can't wait to get back into the next one. They know how to write a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And even if you're like getting really into a plotline and then it cuts over to like some other shit and you're like, oh, why do we have to see Charles Vane? Like, you know, Be Charles Vane. trying to convince these weird people to follow him. It comes together. But yeah, all, all I can say is that Black Sails is just a really good show. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I'm not doing it justice right mm-hmm. now. We're going to be covering uh, it for the fourth season. So Don't mm. start talking to me about Anne Bonny, because I won't shut up. And she is such a problematic Don't face. start talking you to me about no Eleanor, idea. okay? She's complex. And don't talk to either of us about Maddie. No. Just don't talk to us. <laughs> and don't talk to me, because I haven't watched it, so I won't be able to say anything. <laughs> talk to Bo. I think he'll be willing mm. to talk to you. <laughs> but that that just made 2016 a little brighter mm-hmm. is there okay before we leave just name the one thing you're looking forward to the most in 2016 winds of winter oh my god <laughs> oh right yeah that's totally coming out fingers crossed it's gotta come out at some point just like you know because of math it has to eventually come out yep uh game of thrones is likely to be the only ending you ever get go fuck yourself Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I like I listed a bunch of stuff, but I'd be playing if it was anything but the Legend of Korra comics. Like, oh my god, I need them! I need them injected into my veins right now. <laughs> I'm so dead. Like, I've, I'm following the um person who's who, the illustrator on Tumblr, and she'll just like post one shot. I'll be like, oh my god, let's overanalyze everything Janora's doing in this. <laughs> like, it's bad. I really need it. That's in June, I think, or May, May or June. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm excited. I'm really excited for the second half of Supergirl and <laughs> for another Steven Bomb, which are going to be coming out like the same week. What and are they going to call it? The Steven Hydrogen Bomb? Or... <laughs> I don't know. Steven Neutron? The Steven, the Steven, like, Black Grenade? Supernova. Yeah. <laughs> Supernova. <laughs> At this point. Or they can have like a schedule that is reasonable. You know, just putting that out there. I don't think that's possible. Hey, Adventure Time, Mm. can you freaking make bubbling cannon this year? Come on. Do it. It already is cannon. Do it now. I know it's already cannon, but like, let's let's see a smooch that isn't in a dream sequence. Just saying. Okay. All right. Close us out. Wrap it up. Conclude. Fine. Shut up. As always, visit us on thefandamentals.com. And if you liked whatever this was, <laughs> then leave a review 
and a rating or review. Reviews help more with exposure on iTunes or the podcast app or however you're listening to this. And tell a friend about us, too. Be like, hey, you know all those shows I talked to you about? Well, let these ladies talk about them, too. Mm-hmm. And, there might be gentlemen you know, mm-hmm. at some point. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah, that's have, true. We we have lots of dudes that write for mm-hmm. us. We'll have them on. <laughs> or, or persons of who are non-gender conforming. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, other than that... I guess I I hope you all had a wonderful new year and here's to a really good 2017 with some a life exciting media and conscientious media makers. Fingers crossed. Here we go. Can't get any worse. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 I mean, Polisuka is like, like that. That was like, I think that was a like, you know, I want to kiss that girl moment for me. Like, I didn't know I needed that, and it mm. made me so happy. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, jo- Julie's talking about polyamory, uh-huh. and I just wrote like a stupid little headcanon that I thought Sokka and his girlfriend Suki were polyamorous from Avatar: The Last Airbender, and Julia read this and was like, "This is the best thing ever." <laughs>